everybody, the SWP is brought to you by Jim K. Ford and All Insurance Ontario. If you're a loyal listener, you've probably heard me on this podcast before. I'm Jared Gerard, All Insurance Ontario. I'm also a big fan of the show. If you are too, we'll probably get along. Want great insurance rates? Then I'm your guy. Call or text me, 801-2659 or check out allins.ca. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. Everyone knows that Jim K. Ford is a fantastic choice to handle all of your automotive needs, but they're also a full-service commercial and fleet dealership. They supply companies in the Ottawa area with work trucks of all shapes, sizes, and functionalities, from the small delivery vans right up to the big F-750s. Whether you're in towing, landscaping, or deliveries, Jim K. Ford will help you with the right truck, customized for your needs. JimKFord.com, they're at 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans. SWP with Steve Warren and Jim Jerome. Ottawa Sports Talk every weekday. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the SWP. It's all about tales of sports and whatever. My name is Steve Warren along with Jim Jerome. Coming up today, Roger Federer, one of the classiest guys ever to represent any sport, has announced he's going to retire shortly. He's 41, so not a huge surprise. Bit of a fat-shaming incident where the Toronto Blue Jays and Alejandro Kirk are concerned. Apparently, a reporter took a big run at Alejandro Kirk on Twitter, and it became a whole thing. We'll talk a little bit about... Uh, <laughs> this one kind of made me chuckle, Jimmy. The uh, the NFL analyst that is Rex Ryan, a longtime NFL head coach as well, he had a moment where um, there was video that went viral I'd say about, I don't know, eight to 10 years ago of him having a foot fetish with his wife and uh, just basically him taking video of his wife's feet, pretending to be a police officer, pulling her over. (laughs) And today, today, in one of the great endorsement deals I've ever heard, uh, he signed up to do an endorsement for Dr. Scholes for the football season. I saw that. He's going to be a big brand ambassador. He said, two things are for certain. I know football. And I know feet. So fans are kind of amused by that. Anyway, get to that and uh, lots more today here in the SWP. Thank you for being with us, ladies and gentlemen. We hope you enjoy the show. Jimmy, what's going on with you? Well, Stevie, I'm, I see I got my Elvis look. Uh, speaking of fat shaming, uh, one, of my, one of my favorite ever was the, the uh, of course, Elvis, you know, uh, took it on the four chins there, Stevie, when he gained a bunch of weight. <laughs> You're not supposed to have favorite fat shaming. <laughs> yeah, and no, no, it's my favorite fat shaming was uh, was Elvis, and they had said because uh, he always sang "Silent Night" was one of his his great Christmas carols that he sang because he kind of talked during it, you know. Now he's just like "Silent Night, Old Night, All Is Calm, All Is Bad." Bring heavenly peace, and they go. Peace, peace throughout the world, you know, right? And then the, the parody on it was, uh, you know, in the peace. Now it's time to give me, get some peace. And how about a big piece of that pie there with some gravy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't see, I didn't, I haven't seen the uh, back and forth or about Alejandro Kirk, but it doesn't surprise me. There would be the odd crack about it. Yeah, this one got out of control a bit uh, to the point where the reporter in question, who, uh, and actually he and I follow each other, he's at TSN in Montreal, big Expos fan, and we've talked before about 
getting, you know, the bring back the Expos thing and, uh, right. and all the various events that go with that. And so it's Matthew Ross, and he took a hard run at Blue Jays catcher Alejandro Kirk. There's no question he's battling a weight issue. The guy is five foot nine, I would say, and 250 pounds. Like pro athlete or just guy in the streets, that's a guy who's a little overweight. Well, anyway, Matthew that's Ross. Weight problems, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, he basically called Kirk, Kirk's base running embarrassing for baseball. And it all started with the Jays sharing a tweet of a video of Kirk running the bases. And part of the reason the Jays themselves do that, it's kind of amusing to watch him chugging around the base paths. It kind of, it's kind of a relatable thing. And uh, anyway, so let me get the full tweet here. Like a fool, I'm looking up Matthew Ross's uh, Twitter account when, in fact, he has deleted it. He not didn't just delete the original tweet. He deleted his entire account or at least put it on hold for now because he was getting <laughs> absolutely drilled. But, yeah, he basically called it an, uh, embarrassing, and it kind of leads to a certain stereotype that some fans have about the sport of baseball. So it's not good for business, in his opinion. And then Alec Monona said, well, you know what's actually embarrassing for the sport is people that go by the name of Matthew have never played a day in the big leagues thinking they control the narrative and stereotypes. Go ahead and tell that eight-year-old kid who's 10 pounds overweight right now that he should quit now. Just step aside from the keyboard and let Kirk inspire those kids to continue to chase their dreams and chase greatness. What do you think? Well, the comedic side of me, right, is is always a little, don't be so sensitive, everyone. Uh, you know, but the times have changed. Um, you know, I, it's it's... I see it all the time, particularly with women's clothing, that they are uh, often using, uh, I, I, I don't even know the term, it would be... Plus size models. Plus plus size models, right, for it that they're using. And and uh, I see online that, that a lot of women are speaking out, saying, I'm, you know, I'm loud and proud uh, of, of my size. And, and so uh, that's okay, you know, that, that uh, do what you want to do, you know. Um, the other side of me, though, is um, it's comp- it's complicated because because I'm I'm all about the, the problem with addiction, right? And there, there's no doubt about it that uh, the result of of a sugar and food addiction is a weight problem, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, and and I know enough that 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 is not people's fault, you know, when they're addicted to stuff. It's just the way they. The, the way things are, the way they break things down chemically, whether it's alcohol or, 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 or food or drugs or whatever it is. So um, I, I've come to learn that, right, uh, over the last several years. So I'm always a little cautious about hammering on someone that it could possibly be an addiction. Right. Uh, now, the, na- the other side of me is, um, if you're, if you're kind of just not paying attention to your weight, uh, I think, you know, you're a pro athlete, uh, that you owe it to your team and you got to take responsibility to get in shape. Could he run faster because of it? For sure. So is there something you can do about it? For sure. Um, so I, I, I don't know if I'm on the fence a little bit about it, Stevie, but, but, but that's the way I feel. That's the way I feel. I didn't, um, you know, 10 years ago, I would have been all about the, uh, the comedic side of, you know, we're going to laugh at someone else and make fun yeah. of them because we are self-deprecating, you know, they're Canadians yep. or most people. So 
but I think he's got to. I think he's got to probably get in shape. Uh, can, can you do it? Yes, that's uh, addiction's not really an excuse, but 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 it is an issue. And and if it is, well, let's deal with it. You know, well, let's deal with it. Uh, and they've got tremendous resources to be able to help a guy, a, a right. pro athlete with with a weight problem. Tremendous yeah. resources to do it. So, no question. My uh, feeling on it is that you know this is a guy that yeah he's clearly overweight. <laughs> But he's getting the job done. And what he looks like out there doesn't embarrass me, doesn't make me think differently about baseball. You know, for every one guy who has a body type like that, there are, I don't know, 80 Adonises out there. So I don't really feel like, you know, baseball has a problem in that area. Manoa himself is also another guy who's not the standard body type. He's a little overweight as well. So it's probably why he's uh, sensitive to this and uh, comes to his teammates' defense. I think it's more the uh, the mean-spiritedness behind the way Matthew Ross put it. He said, it's cute and all, but it's also embarrassing for the sport. Giving guys like this prominence feeds the negative stereotypes about baseball. And I don't agree with any of that, but I would say this, if I'm the agent for Alejandro Kirk or the dad of Alejandro Kirk or even the manager of Alejandro Kirk, I would say, you know what? You could probably have a better career ahead of you if you you know report for spring training in elite shape because right now he's not but but i don't think i don't think there's any i don't think there's any reason for anybody to get angry about it or call it embarrassing that i think is stepping over the line well and and pro athletes now are pro sports now Stephen. pro athletes uh you know we're most familiar with hockey right and 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 baseball players don't don't and haven't for a long time had the exercise regime that that a hockey player has you know or a mm-hmm. football player right? Where, where it's way more physical, right? Uh, but it's been required of them, Stevie, at the same time to hit the gym. Yeah. Now it's, now it's all about the weight training and, and getting stronger and stronger and stronger. It wasn't right back in the 70s. All you got to do is talk to some of those guys in the seventies and early eighties, right? Like no one even rode a bike, man. No one, no one yeah. did anything, right? They just came to camp and, and off they went. Um, the, the other the other thing though Steve is are you able to say anything about anyone is it oversensitive you know I, I you know it's like the it's like the the tattoo craze you know that that people are getting tattoos you know in in all visible spots right that they they want you know and and sometimes a crazy amount of tattoos crazy amount of tattoos and you've got to stop and say okay wh- why are they doing that and it may be an issue with insecurity you know, it, it may be an, inch, an issue with needing and seeking and craving attention that they need. And that's a, that's like a mental health thing, you know. So can we make fun of them for having a bunch of tattoos? Can we can we tattoo shame them? You know, and uh, it, it's, you know, so some of that is the same issue, right? Some some of that might be the same issue that they can't help it. You know, they, they, they just can't help it. Plastic surgery, right, is obviously a, we've we've all made fun of people who've gone whoa man what are you doing to your face (laughs) right yeah uh but but why are they doing it right why why are they doing it so um you know i think it's there this is a time and place where 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 people are becoming more aware of uh underlying mental health issues you know mental health issues and addiction is part of that right so i mean i don't want to go too far in this thing but i would i I mean i've i've been I've been doing the type of comedy, Steve, for years where I'm saying what people think, you know. Uh, I've always said, you know, I don't, I don't know, some guy was interviewing me or something about it. 
not that I'm a high roller, Steve, where they're knocking the doors down for interviewing, but I said, yeah, when we did that radio show, you know, I said, I, find, I finally found a place I can say what's going on in my head, you know, um, and I've always liked that. I've always liked that about, about comedy and, and is it at the expense of other people? For sure. For sure. For sure it is. But, uh, but how big of an expense is it? You know, so, um, now on the, but uh, if I, I have would to say, pick Stevie now today, when in doubt, okay, let's not say anything. So uh, it's changed for me over the years. It has changed for me over the years. Now I'll say this about tattoos, going back to that for a second there, because there's a lot to unpack on that one. Um, right. With tattoos, like that to me, I mean, if you're under 30 now, uh, tattoos are, you know, like wearing a ball cap. It's, right. it's, it's, not, it's not even... It's apples and oranges. I wouldn't even put tattoos into that. That's just, that's an ancient take. Everybody has tattoos now. It's uh, so commonplace. So I don't really feel like that belongs in the discussion, but uh, it is, um, you know, I, I just feel like when you're dealing with something that someone well, can't wait, well, do anything about. What, what do you mean the tattoos don't belong in the discussion? I don't think they belong in the discussion. I'll put it that way. Because well, do you agree every- if someone has a million tattoos that they might have a bit of an issue with an addiction to tattoos? Okay, if you're saying a million tattoos, yes, yes. That's sure. what I was saying. Some my, of the people my bad are, then. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. I thought you were just, like, I like thought, just, I thought you were just talking about having a tattoo or two no, or no, no, a sleeve no, no. or something like that. We all know um, people, right, who have their whole body, like their whole leg oh, yeah, and head yeah. and face tattooed. You know? Yeah, that's Sorry, it there. Sorry, I interrupted. Okay. No, no, that's no problem. I was just going to say, though, that to me it comes down to this. It, uh, if it's something that someone can't do anything about, I think that's off limits now in 2022, in my opinion. If it's something that they can do something about or something, you know, silly, then I think that that's not necessarily offside. That's kind of how I delineate here in 22. But that's everybody's got their own gauge on what's appropriate and what's not. And uh, yeah, somewhere along the way in the last 25 years, because somebody in, you know, 20, 25 years ago would have said, well, Someone who's overweight, someone can do something about that, right? They, they can lose the weight. They don't need mm-hmm. to eat as much as they do. They can exercise. That's something you do something about. But it has now moved into an area, I think, for most people that that's uh, because it is so common. And I'm sure that like, I don't know, what do we got? 75% of the population on planet Earth is probably dealing with, or at least in this hemisphere, is dealing with uh, with excess poundage. So. Right. We uh we move that into that area as well and and try not to be try not to be mean to effectively seventy five percent of the population. You and I are both overweight, so why would we yeah. take hard runs at people? Right. Yeah. You know, watch the uh, at the other end of the spectrum, Stevie. Um, watch the is it HBO who puts on the roasts, the celebrity uh, roasts that they do. Um, I think it's Comedy Central or something. Isn't or Comedy it? Central, yeah, where they put the roast on. Okay. Get a hold of me after there and let me know how many times people have been shamed. Okay. <laughs> oh, those are out. Those are like wow. I mean, they Whole are other off level. the charts, man. You yeah. know, uh, you know, making fun of Snoop Dogg smoking pot for sure. He's got an addiction problem. You know, but but there's that part where it's like, oh, okay, this seems okay to make fun of. You know, right? This seems okay to make fun of. Uh, anyway, Nikki is it Nikki Glazer, the female comedian? I'm Nick, not sure. Oh, yay, yay, yay. Yeah. Anyway. We're lost they say some heavy shit, man, out there. Right. <laughs> taking people down. But All right. Let's uh, change it up and talk a little tennis here. And this is big news. One of the greats of all time. And I mean that on and off the court. 
Roger Federer is retiring from pro tennis at the age of 41. He's at a series of knee operations, and he's closing a career in which he won 20 Grand Slam titles, finished five years ranked as number one. And this was it's really the end of a, like a really special era of men's tennis because we've never seen this before where you have the three leaders in Grand Slams in Federer, Rafael Nadal, and Novak Djokovic. You've had eras where you had McEnroe and Connors or Bjorn mm-hmm. Borg would be in that mix as well. You had Pete Sampras was great for a while. But you're three leaders all playing at the same time. So if you're a pro tennis fan, we're witnessing here really the end of an amazing era. Yeah, for sure. It, uh, tennis seems to be able to do it. You know, when you think of the uh, Monica, the other eras, you know, where, where uh, Venus and Serena started, right? With, you know, Steffi Graf would have been winding down by then for sure. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, I, I wondered when it would stop for that guy, you know? Because um, I think Tom Brady has changed some of the, some of these athletes' outlook on hanging them up, you know? Um, yeah, because he's gone so long, and 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 he's a goat, right? He's a goat, right up there with a bunch of them. Um, wick, wicked cool. I'm, I love watching the majors. I, I do. I just finished watching a bunch of the U.S. Open. Um, but it was won by a 19 year old kid, Spaniard. Uh, f- yep. Funny you talk about Federer, you know, stepping down. Nadal, right? When when's it going to happen for him? But he still plays at such a high level uh, that he may be the next phenom for sure. He is. Uh, I think it's Alcarez is the name of the kid who won the the men's side of the U.S. Open. I don't know how this guy's going to go out, but but good good on him, yeah. What what a career, you know? What a, amazing, amazing how they play at a high level and dominate as a goat amongst Djokovic and and Nadal, as you pointed out. You know, they like they, look at the number where they split those majors, Steve. The last twenty three. Yeah, I think they won seventeen of them or something like that. Some, yeah, it's something crazy like it. that. Yeah. yeah. Right now, he's th- he'll finish up third because uh, he's at 20. And uh, I believe Djokovic has 22 and Nadal has 21. Or I might have that inverted, but they're one and right. two. And uh, But I just love the, I just love the Roger Federer storyline in that here's a guy that, uh, you know, was always so classy and engaging and... I mean, it's just a, a special time in tennis. And you, and you mentioned the U.S. Open. We also bid farewell to Serena Williams. And, uh, I mean, gosh, she was every bit uh, the same kind of player on the ladies' side. So, yeah, we're seeing a real yeah. passing of the torch in the sport of tennis. I feel like Djokovic is going to leave both Nadal and uh, Federer in the dust because he looks like he's got another 10 years in him at this stage of the game. Right. And, they, you know, it's it's it, tennis gets lucky, right, because they um, – you know where these people dominate like that, and they they ride on their coattails, right, for years and years in 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 the sport, right? Yeah, they become household names, uh, and they get really lucky. Going, you know, by the way, when someone busts through here, okay, when they bust through and they're they're at the top in their top five, chances are they're going to be like that for twenty years, man. Right, right. So this is you know the the face that these people are for that sport is unmatched. You know, is unmatched. So you wonder what's going to happen. Uh, you bring up Djokovic for sure. There, you know, there's no one ever talking about retiring with him. I don't think, but you know, who, who's coming up to replace those? Uh, because if 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 I looked at a tournament, Steve, and I didn't see Nadal or a major, a Nadal or Federer, uh, Kyrgios, I like just because he's an idiot. Um, you know, who who's who's gonna who's gonna be the new guy? You know, you might you might have a big gap, Steve. 
might have a yep. big gap from when these guys finish in the next four or five years. Yeah. Well, there always to, seems to, to be somebody to come along, right? That, uh, you, you know, Gretzky's irreplaceable, but there, you know, here comes McDavid and there's, right. uh, you know, there's nobody's irreplaceable, but it sure feels like it while you're in the moment and, and watching excellence unfold. Let's take a time out of the program. We'll talk hockey when we return and a neat story about Patrick Harrington partying it up with the caddies. That's after these words. First of all, I want to tell you about Jim K. Ford. If you're in the market for a pre-owned vehicle, this is where you go. You head over to Jim K. Ford, your Ottawa certified pre-owned Ford dealer. At Jim K., they stand behind all the vehicles they sell. How about a 12-month, 20,000-kilometer limited warranty on your vehicle? How about a history report of the vehicle? Low purchase financing rates, 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. That is the peace of mind every buyer is looking for. And Jim K. Ford delivers. JimKFord.com. They're at 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans. How long have you been with your insurance company? What's in your policy? Who do you talk to when you have questions? I'm Josh from All Insurance Ontario. Send me a text and let me handle it for you. 613-860-6008. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. And if you're looking to sell your home, maybe you're in the market to buy a home that better suits you and your family. Maybe you're keen on an investment property. Well, the Glen Walton Real Estate Team can help. Glenn helped me sell a home a couple of years ago, and he was absolutely awesome. And right now, how about a $500 gift card to any store as a closing gift to buyers that work with the Glenn Walton team? That's pretty cool. Check him out today. GlennWalton.com. So some hockey notes. We've got Derek Brassard, Gatineau native, returning to the Ottawa Senators. This is a professional tryout for training camp. And also Michael Dal Cole, also on a PTO for training camp. And everybody's going, okay, the Senators are loaded for bear with an elite forward core here. This is impressive. But what their shortcoming is, is the same shortcoming they had at the start of the offseason. And that is a lack of top four defensemen. So in the last 24 hours, so of course they go out and get three more forwards. Hmm. That seems curious. And I'd, I'd say this that of the three guys they got, they got Tyler Mott yesterday, and uh, he's going to he's gonna have a chance to make the team. Like, that's a player. That guy played 15 games in the playoffs last year for the New York Rangers. With Broussard and Dal Cole, these are two guys that will push the bottom six for the Sens as far as forwards go at training camp, but not very hard. I don't think they're in the mix, honestly. I think it's more of a favor thing. Broussard was here in 2017 for this nice Sens run to the Eastern Final. I think Pierre Dorian remembers that. Give the guy a professional tryout. And I think for Michael Dow Dow Cole, on the other hand, head coach DJ Smith here, this was his leading scorer in 2014-15 when Oshawa won a Memorial Cup. So again, I think it's a case of I am looking for a gig, looking for an opportunity. DJ Smith says, come on and we'll take you on in a tryout. But we'll see. Maybe they surprise us. I just don't think anything's happening. What might happen, though, is with Tyler Mott and the whole Alex Formanton thing. Alex Formanton is, in a stealth kind of way, we're not sure what's going on with him and the Hockey Canada scandal from the 2018 team. And so he's an RFA. Sens fans are wondering, are you going to resign this guy? Are you not? Pierre Dorian has said they are going to resign him, hopefully, before training camp. But we're awfully close. Rookie camp started today. And so... Maybe Mott is an insurance policy behind Formanton because he does a lot of the same things Formanton does. 
So that's right. your little sins update. And then Nathan McKinnon, I wanted to mention, James, uh, looks like he and the Avalanche are close on a new contract. He just won a Stanley Cup, and oh, he was man. awesome. And what is he going to get paid exactly? <laughs> like, oh, my God. Like, when it's finalized, he's in the final year of his contract, so he's eligible to be re-signed. When it's finalized, he could surpass Connor McDavid's $100 million over eight years. And that would be the richest sign since the cap era began in 2005. And um, McDavid says, it'd be good for hockey, I guess, to keep raising the bar. But ultimately, the salary cap system is a weird system where the more money you make, the less money a teammate or someone else can make. It's kind of a weird system that way. Right. Good and point. I thought that was, yep. that was pretty, uh, that's pretty telling. I think McDavid's probably noticing that. They have shortcomings in Edmonton. And part of the reason they have those shortcomings is that uh, McDavid's eaten up a lot of money there. Right. Right. What do you think of that? You wonder, um, yeah, the, but, but I guess football's no different, Steve. Um, Not at all. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about, uh, they, they don't have salary caps, right? The NFL or do they? And if they do, it's a, it's a zillion dollars. Yeah, right. it's uh, it's it's massive, and they massive, they talk about right? that. So, they talk about that all the time. If a quarterback signs for cajillions, you know, it makes them um, it makes it harder to keep the teams together. But there is a salary cap in the NFL. Yes. Yeah, um, I mean the whole idea, right, of the cap, as I remember it, was was for for under under populated areas. You know, uh, like uh, we we can't get this, we can't make the same sort of cash in Winnipeg as you can in, in Toronto or Montreal or New York, right. With your price of tickets and your, your, you know, the rate you can ask for, you know, the, uh, imagine the radio broadcasting and television rights for, for Toronto Maple Leafs, you know, uh, compared to, like I say, Winnipeg. Uh, so you got to have that salary cap, I guess. But, but the other part of me is okay. Really though, aren't those days over a little bit with, with what the commissioner's done with teams making a bunch of money, revenue sharing, that maybe you, go, maybe you want to open it up a little more, Steve, because it's a good point by Connor, right? It's an obvious point, but no one said it. <laughs> yeah. uh, I make more so you can make, you know, you're going to make less. Right. Uh, and, the C, and, the, and the players union, Steve, would go bananas if a guy ever made a statement saying, I'm going to take less so we can sign... Uh, you know, whoever, right? Who, whoever we can, you know, so we can sign what's his face, uh, the German yeah. guy on our team. I can't remember his name. <laughs> Dreisaitl, right? Dreisaitl, yeah. Right. So it, it might be time to loosen it a bit, Stevie. You know, it might be time to loosen it a bit and, 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 get, and get more, you know, get more guys signed and uh, just, I don't, I don't know what you think about it, but. Well, it's a case of cost certainty was the phrase that was thrown around during the last couple of labor stoppages. Cost certainty is, you know, that's why the salary cap exists. Even if you're a small market team, and of course they'd want cost certainty, there's still some bigger market teams where the owner doesn't want to just keep spending and just print money to keep these players happy. Everybody wanted to know what their budgets were. and uh, But it is an odd thing because... You know, everybody talks like, oh, yeah, the team is the most important thing, the team, the team, the team. But when it comes to taking less money, does any of the, do any of the superstars have any plans at all to say, yeah, I'll take less money? Right. So that, well, and- you know, It's rare. It, it happens, but it's a rare thing. Listen to McKinnon himself. He says, I think the deal I sign will be fair. It's not going to be single digits or anything, 
But it'll be good, I think, for both sides. Denver's the only place I want to be. And like the way he says, it's not going to be single digits or anything like that. Like it's like I think that would be <laughs> that would be embarrassing healthy. to make nine point five million dollars <laughs> right. or something like that. It's clearly got to be ten or more. Right. I know it does, right. but it still sounds weird. The, yeah, the, the the issue with the hockey thing, Stevie, is the value of the franchises are are blowing up. Mm-hmm. You know, they're blowing up, right? Uh, uh, the the NFL, right? They're they're growing all the time, and we've said it before uh, when it was brought to my attention that. You're not going to make money year in, year out with with an NHL team, right? They're just the salaries are big. Uh, you know, the ticket prices can, you know, have a ceiling, I guess. But, fuck, maybe not here in Edmonton. Uh, they're going crazy. But, um, you know, but the so we, we've, we can't do anything with the salary cap, but everything else is going up, you know? Right. Look at the, look at the, look at the NFL, man. That team, Denver, 4.5 billion, you know? And the and again the franchises in the NHL are going up. So let's 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 move accordingly. Let's move forward accordingly. Okay. So they buy them, Steve. Strictly as I understand, if you didn't have that increase in franchise rights, you'd have a problem. Uh, you know, getting getting new ownership for teams, right? And and ownership changing hands and the sell and buy of teams, you you it, it would be difficult. The CFL, Steve, right? Their existence is. I, uh, what's the CFL franchise worth? You know. Uh, I think it's a bunch of I, debt. I think know? an expansion fee. I think they charged six million last time around. But if you wanted to buy a team, man, if you just take on their debt, like the Montreal right. Alouettes would certainly be for sale right now. If you just take on their debt, you can probably be the Alouettes owner. Right. So you can't you can't have a bunch of salary there, right? Like they they just walk in the room, go look at boys. We can't we can't survive here. No, they don't like have every a TD dollar here. is you know yeah. So different, to- totally different. So. Yeah, these big rich TV deals, what they charge for tickets, the uh, across the board, uh, merchandise sales. There's just so much more money flowing in in these bigger sports for sure. It's just, yeah, Nathan McKinnon, man. And I bigger think he, cities. Yeah. Yes, and uh, Nathan McKinnon, I think, is uh, definitely going to get uh, the richest deal. I mean, just won a cup. Colorado's set up to win more cups potentially, and uh, he's as good as it gets in the NHL. And I'll include Connor McDavid in that discussion. Um, sure. So we'll see. And lastly, uh, this is a kind of a nice story to close it out in that there are still guys in pro sports who get it, who are still humble, who still are the everyman. And we're looking at Patrick Harrington. You sent this to me yesterday from Golf Digest. He became an absolute legend recently among a bunch of PGA Tour champions, caddies. They decided to throw themselves a little party. A couple of guys basically uh, arranged this uh, big caddies get-together at a bar in uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. That's the site of this week's Sanford International. And Patrick Har- Patrick Harrington decided to drop by and uh, picked up everybody's tab, all 40-plus caddies, and dominated the pool table. And so how do you not love a guy like that? Yeah, it, it, it actually happens more than you hear about, but, uh, you know, super cool, right? Super yeah. cool. It, it may not happen as much as it, it may be rare because there's a story about it, <laughs> uh, you know, but I, I love that guy. Right. And he's taken, he, he's just 50, right? So he's just on the senior tour and he's ripping it up. He's won, I think he's won twice already. Uh, and he's, you know, he's going to laugh his way through a, a great career on the senior tour. Uh, yeah. I've, I, I've loved that guy. Always liked him. I, I met him. He's one of, I met him at the master's. Uh, I sort of ran into him twice and um, uh, I, I've always admired the guy. I've always liked, I love, I, I love the Irish guys actually. I mean, they're, you know, R- Rory's a little, 
little more keeps his cards a little closer to his chest than than Shane Lowry, you know, who was pretty pretty open yeah. about being a party animal when uh, when uh, well he won the Open there right a few years ago. Yeah. Um, anyway, good on him, man. Well, well done. What I love for Harrington is the uh, is that accent. Like if you went on stage and somebody said you need to do an Irish accent, we all go to that stereotypical leprechaun sounding voice. It's kind of high pitched. Right. It's very Irish. That's Patrick Harrington in a nutshell. He's yes. got that. He's got that sort of a, a. I don't want to call it a leprechaun voice, but it's kind of a leprechaun voice. Yeah, no, he but, does. He does have that voice, Steve. For yeah, he's a little high like that. Exactly. Um, there's a guy who imitates them all. Look, look him up on YouTube. I forget his name. Um, but but he does incredible impressions of golfers. Yeah, incredible yeah, he, impressions of golfers. He's, in fact, he's got his own show now and podcast and everything else. It's, he's he's very good at it. Very good. Yeah, and Patrick is one of his go-to impressions. He doesn't really uh, flatter your pal DJ. <laughs> Makes him seem like no. a like a <laughs> yeah, stunned moron. Like yeah, 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 yeah. He, true. Connor Moore is the guy you're talking about. He is very funny, no doubt about Thank that. You. Um, and Patrick Harrington, his quote, I mean, and, 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 and partying up with the caddies, it wasn't like it was a selfless thing. Like he, there was something in it for him as well. Harrington said, those are the guys who have the real stories. He loves a good caddy, caddy story. He said, last night we were talking stories about guys on the tour. I knew because I'm out here 25 years, but some of these caddies are out here 40 years. So they've got all the stories and they confirmed a bunch of stories that I kind of knew about. It's kind of priceless to get their insight on what happened. They know all the stuff that's not in the public domain. So I think uh, Patrick Harrington had as good a time as the caddies did. So we'll leave it there. Quit caddy story shaming, Steve. <laughs> okay. That's Will enough. do. Will do. <laughs> and Phil Mickelson got a, a bit of that shaming over his many years when you think about it. Sure Some of the did. nicknames that he Nippleson. had. Nippleson. Phil yeah. Nippleson. Yes. Yeah, hilarious. Yeah. Uh, no, it's not hilarious. Uh, in 2022, it's not hilarious. Okay, let's take our time. Uh, let's we'll call it quits, fall. I should we'll take say. take the fall. <laughs> our <laughs> website is stevewproject.com. We urge you to check that out. Thank you to everybody who's taken out a Patreon membership. Thanks to our great sponsors, Jim K. Ford, All Insurance Ontario, and the Glen Walton Real Estate Team. James, enjoy your evening. We'll talk to you next time. All right, Stevie, you fat prick. Good night, everybody. <laughs> we'll see you.